But right now, we are about to have a man on here that needs no introduction, an ACC legend. You know the tournament run that he had with my Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Carolina fans, I know you remember the shot where he crossed over. (laughs) Told him to get up and come in before he drained the jump shot. Okay? The jump shot heard around the world. I got Randolph Childress. We have him here on the show ESPN college basketball analyst as well. Randolph, what's going on, my man? I appreciate you having me. How you guys doing? We're doing great today, man. We want to get to the bottom of this ACC. I mean, the parody is crazy. The player of the year race is crazy. But right now, let's just start it off, man. Who is the best team in the ACC right now in your eyes? We have Virginia take the big L this week in Boston College. You got Miami, you got Pitt, but from your vantage point, who's the best team in the league right now? I think when the dust finally settles, I think it'll be Miami. Uh, Some of that is just, I I just think they're, what you saw this weekend with Virginia losing, they're a really good team. They hang their hat on a defensive end, they control tempo, but their Achilles heels is their inability to knock down jump shots and, and, and perimeter shooting. And they struggle from that. They've been able to, because they control tempo so much, they've been able to, to get through that. But that's been a scare of theirs as a team all year long, and they've shown that. You know, they've had long scoring droughts throughout the year. And, and so, they, you know, on the road, jump shots didn't show up. But if I had to hang, you know, my hat on who I thought was the best team, I'd say it's Miami. I just think they're they're going to score. They force you to score. And I think they, they do a great job of creating turnovers. And they just put so much pressure on you off the bounce. They're a great shooting team. I just think when, you know, both sides of the ball, I would have to say it's Miami. Now, you were on some great Wake Forest teams, and you played with Tim Duncan, and you guys would come into seasons with expectations after people knew that you guys were legit. What do you make of North Carolina as they come into their weekend game against Virginia? What do you feel has gone wrong for this team when you look at them? They just haven't handled prosperity very well. So this team has – you know, I don't think anyone knows really ultimately what's going on when this team practices and everything else. But for whatever reason, it was maybe the tournament run a year ago wasn't an outliner. You know, was this team just kind of hovering around midway point last year and then they just started playing really, really well. Um, the biggest thing to me that I watched with Carolina, that without question, forget all the outside noise that you hear. They're just not the same shooting team that they were a year ago. And it's not just Brady Manning. Uh, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love from, from the perimeter are not shooting. They, they, they've regressed in their three-point shooting. It's it forced teams to back off them. I know they won a Notre Dame game the other day, and they were 2 of 23 from behind the line. That is difficult to, to overcome, and they were over to do it. They turned it up on the defensive end and was able to, to push fast and, and close the game out. But they have just taken so many steps back in three-point shooting. It's just been... It's been shocking, to be honest. And then defense hadn't traveled as much as I thought it would. And they just succumbed to the pressures of being number one. They just been, hadn't been able to live up to it. How much has the bench hurt North Carolina Randolph? You know what? We can say that this year, but how much bench did they have a year ago? Mm-hmm. You know? And so the problem is there's no shooting coming from the bench either. So you're compounding a problem because Trimble is not a three-point shooter. I mean, last year that team went on a run with six guys. I mean, that was it. I mean, we thought, all right, when the team coming back, we were going to have bench, we were going to have this production, and then this team was going to take another step, and it hasn't happened. And, uh, you know, 
we wanted the bench to step up and be a, and get a bigger role in it, and in different ways, certain different games, Nichols and Washington and Trumbull and these guys have all had their moments. But this team was going to go as far as R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, and Armando Baycott took it, it, will take it, and it's not over yet. I mean, they got two quad one wins at home, uh, Virginia and then Duke, and those won't be easy games. And particularly with Virginia coming off of the upset loss to BC, so we'll see if they got enough to get over the hump. But there's a there's cause for concern. I mean, there's nothing that gives you a reason to think this team can can figure it out. I often thought they, they, they I think they'll get in. I think they'll win enough games throughout the tournament to get in. Uh, but I don't expect them to go on any magical run. You just don't hit a switch on the wall and turn that on. You know, by this this far in the season, you are what you are. You know, they're, they're 28 games in, and there's no surprises here. Randolph Childress talking ACC basketball with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You take a look at Wake Forest, your alma mater. This is a team that I thought was going to make the NCAA tournament, maybe through the first quarter, maybe even the first third of the season. And even Steve Forbes just talked about them maybe not winning the right games. Anytime you've had the ranked opponents, the Demon Deacons just have not been able to get it done. But it seems they're so close, and that was the case last year, too. How pleased are you with this Wake Forest basketball team and the progress they're making over the last couple of seasons? Oh, I mean, you have to be. As an alum, I'm proud of him. I'm a fan of him. I had the privilege of working with Coach Forbes for his first year there, and I'm excited about the future and what it holds for Wake Forest. But I think everyone has to make an adjustment, and that adjustment is what do you have to do under these metrics to figure it out? Now, no one knows what the heck the metrics are, right, and what, what, what the requirements are, because I, everyone you talk to us like, how does this work? And but I don't think it's going to change. I think they're going to be here. They're going to be here to stay. And figuring out who do I have to play. And I, the one thing I would say is I think Wake has to play a better non-conference game. I think you have to do a better job of trying to play as many really good teams as you can early. I, I, I know teams don't want to do that. You want to get wins, but right now you're not going to be able to. It does you no good to play a Utah Valley or any of these teams like this South Carolina state early on and get, and get wins because it puts so much pressure on you when you get into your conference play that if you know, you, you, you beat Carolina and that should be a quad one win, but they're not even in the tournament. So it doesn't help you anymore. So now you're totally relying upon your tournament of, of value. And I do think the, the ACC is unfairly scrutinized and saying they're not as strong. I think there's better play there, and I think some of the other leagues, even in the Big 12, even though that's the best conference, you get past the first four or five teams, they're so top-heavy, I think it's a significant drop-off beyond that. And I I, I think there's better teams in the ACC when you get around four and five. I think some of those teams deserve more national attention, like Pitt. I think Pitt's a really good team that no one's talking about, you know, in the ACC. So, but I'm proud of Wake. I think they're doing the right things. But I think a lot of teams now with the way that the, the qualifications to get into the NCAA tournament, I don't think anyone understands the metrics of it. But to save yourself, no one penalizes you for losing against really good teams. So you got to try to schedule, schedule as many good teams as you can. Randolph, another big debate that we've been having, man, the answer has been changing week after week, not only trying to figure out who is the best team in this conference, but right now who is – the player of the year in this conference in your eyes because wow. one guy will step up and have a great week and then they'll fall off. So who in your eyes is the player of the year as we speak today? Man, 
throw me in, throw me in, throw my name in a hat for that one. I, I, <laughs> you know what? It, it's, it, I, I wanted to, I really believe you got to reward winning. I think that matters. Um, Armando has had the most dominant performances in this league. And I have, I can't, but it's hard to pick that team right now, save anyone. But Armando has the numbers. Uh, Ty, we talk about Wake and Tyree Appleby has been really good. And you're talking about a guy that's going to potentially lead. If the season ends today, he's leading the ACC in scoring and assists. Now, you can say, hey, Alondis Williams did that to the very end. So is it the system? The team is good. They're not going to, you know, right now they're outside looking in the tournament. So it's how do you penalize it? Virginia's right there, but it's, I don't know if there's one guy that has the player of the year caliber. So I, I'm just all over the place. Is everyone? I think uh, J.B. Burton has been that for Pitt. Same as Hunter Tyson for Clemson. You know, Isaiah Wong. There's been so many guys. But if I, I, if I had to bet, I think ultimately it'll be Armando Baycott. I think he'll his numbers and what teams do in schematically trying to stop him. He is the guy that you're changing your defense over and you're doing different things. To, to stop him. So if I had to vote and say, to, you know, right now, I, I think Armando Baycott will get it. Um, but it, it's as wide open as I think it's been in quite some time. And then looking over at the Duke Blue Devils, what do you think about this team? Because over their three-game winning streak, they're starting to shoot the ball better, 48% from the field, almost 40% from three. They're taking care of the basketball. Do you feel like this is a young team that's starting to peak at the right time? They're healthy. I think the biggest thing is now, uh, prior to the last couple of games, this second time, you know, to, to get Derek Whitehead back in the lineup, he was starting to play well early before he had to set back against Virginia Tech. He was their second leading scorer at that moment, and he's their most versatile piece. He's allowed them to play fall, small ball. Like with him coming in, I think a scary lineup that no one would want to play for that team is if you decide to go small ball with your three-guard lineup, you know, and having Proctor there with Jeremy Roach and then having any combination of that third guard and you slide Derek Whitehead to the to the four and you put Filipowski at the five. Good luck, Gardner. Randolph Childress joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking ACC basketball. Randolph, if you look at NC State, Traquavion Smith is telling you that they're the best program this year in the state of North Carolina. What about in the ACC? I know we like Miami towards the top of the conference, and they're certainly very good. How close is NC State to Miami and the possibility of them possibly making a, a run in the NCAA tournament? They're right there because the dynamic guard play. I mean, Taquavian Smith, Jaquel Joyner, and Casey Morsell. You you can you can make the argument that was, that three guard combination is as good as any in the country. And Jaquel, and, and what makes them so unique as well is Jaquel Joyner is probably as underrated defender as there is in the country, not even in the league. And Casey Morsell is a is a three and D guy. He's a forty percent three point shooter, and he's an elite defender. So they have two of the better perimeter defenders. And then with DJ Burns inside. You know, the, you know, he just—he's a unique player, and that no one has answered that riddle with him. He plays at his own pace. They're so unorthodox in how they use him. He's an unbelievable passer, maybe the best passing big in the league, and he gives them balance. So when they—they've shown that they can win when they're struggling with jump shots. You see them feed him, and he closes games for them. So they're going to be a nightmare. They're a team that I think that'll get through the first weekend. 
and then it depends on how well their backcourt and their guards shoot. But they are as talented as, as any league, a team in the league. They're, they're getting healthy now. They got Clark back. He's the only jump shooting stretch four on that team. And I'll be honest to tell you, I, I think they are. I think they're the best team in the state right now. So when you look at the ACC overall, I, I think North Carolina would get a lot of votes as the most surprising story in the ACC in a negative way. What about a positive way, Randolph? Is there a team you look at or a player, a coach, anything that you look at in this year via conference play and say, okay, that's the most surprising thing I've seen this entire season? It's got to be Pittsburgh. It's got to be Pittsburgh. I, I mean, how do you argue? Let's be clear. Coach Coach Capel came in coaching for his job. That's not easy to do. His best player who was receiving all ACC votes, that was a preseason second team, with Joe Hughley was there, and he's gone. He wasn't playing. The, you know, you had the D.O. Johnson situation come out of there. There was negativity on ACC media day. And, I, and Wes, you were there. I thought the craziest thing happened. We were at ACC media day, and, and the Commissioner Phillips was talking. The second question that was asked, to him was about Dior Johnson. And then, and that was just it's like, wow, that's a bad vibe coming out of Pitt. From their style of play, that team was preseason picked 14th in the league. And we're sitting here today, and they're tied for first. So I, I, I think it's, you know, there was a race for coach of the year. I think that race is over. I think Jeff has solidified that. And I think if there's a feel-good story about the league, and what's happened is Pitt's going to make the tournament. And again, to make the tournament when you were picked next to bottom in the league is uh, is nothing but, but amazing. And you got to give kudos to Pittsburgh, Jeff Capel, his staff, and those kids and those players because they, they've done a complete turnaround for that program. And they've got a player of the year caliber. I mean, Jamarius Burton has been as good as any guard in this league. And he'll be a first-teamer. There's no doubt about that. And kudos to those guys. I mean, we knew Miami was going to be good. We knew Virginia was turn, returning everybody. They was going to be good. There's no surprise they were at the top. But there is no one can sit here and tell me that they thought Pittsburgh and even Clemson was going to be that. We knew once Jarquavian Smith came back from NC State that they had a chance. We didn't know that Burns was going to emerge the way he has. So uh, I think the biggest surprise would have to be, hands down, I think it's got to be Pittsburgh. Randolph Childress, ACC legend, Wake Forest legend, ESPN college basketball analyst. We appreciate the time, man. We're going to have to have you back on before the ACC tournament so we can torment Carolina fans and you can let us know what you think about this year's ACC tournament field. Appreciate it, man. All right, man. I appreciate you guys having me.